Blueland is the revolutionary cleaning system founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts by eliminating plastic waste while creating powerful, effective cleaners for your entire home. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com AMR. Rothy's has casual and dressy styles for both men and women, so you'll always find exactly what you need. Hit the new year in stride with a fresh pair of Rothy's. New customers get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com AMR. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. Happy mid-January. Is yes. that a holiday for that? <laughs> uh, uh, MLK Day is coming up. Oh, that's no no school. True. Aren't we all so looking forward to no school? <laughs> that hasn't <laughs> happened at all recently. Not at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. Um, mental health days. They are legit. And the school doesn't bat an eye when you call in and speak to a person and tell them that that's why your kid's not at school. Wow. Well, that's, I'm glad that, uh, that a, that that's accepted first mm-hmm. of all. And secondly, that your kids are wise enough to know that they need it. Yeah. Well, that's a very kind and generous way of looking at it. <laughs> are, you, are you thinking that mental health days might be the way that we used to put like a light bulb, a thermometer next to a light bulb to be sick? <laughs> you Ferris Bueller, we're looking at you. Um, oh, I mean, Monday, it was definitely Daphne, my 16 year old twin definitely did it because her boyfriend is out with COVID and, you know, she just was so beside herself. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, anyways, teenagers, they're going to get you coming and going, you know, <laughs> they're both, they both now have their driver's license. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and big sis, 19 year old Phoebe has to get her, she turns 20 on Monday and, um, I have just put down my foot. I'm like, I don't care what your reasonings are. You're getting a license. And I've talked to the guy who teaches them. We go through an instructor, gets you better rates. And to be quite honest, I just can't stomach teaching all those people how to drive. And um, uh, he says, oh, yeah, definitely that when kids are young, there's an excitement and enthusiasm that carries them through and kind of tamps down a lot of anxiety they might have. And that the older, you know, with each year that passes, they get more um, kind of amped up in their concerns about it. And that the older person is, the harder it is to teach them how to drive. There you go. Well, yeah. uh, hopefully, Godspeed, Phoebe. Hopefully, she'll she'll get through it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is really nice to be able to send a kid out for an errand. I will say that. Then <laughs> I, we, after after uh, April, we'll have all drivers. Which yeah. I mean, considering that we started with all ankle biters, that's just been a long, <laughs> a really long marathon. I mean, seriously, our kids were like three, right? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. I I have to say. Um, uh, I feel like I've reached some marathon finish lines lately with the kids. Like, first of all, getting two kids, getting twins driver's license and being competent drivers. It felt very, I had a flashback to, um, them being potty trained. Oh, probably. And yeah, there's could, yeah. because there's, you know, obviously I knew eventually it would happen. You know, they weren't going to go off to college still, you know, peeing in their pants, but but it just, I, you know, John would get, get kind of good at it. And then I'd think, oh, Daphne will never do it. And then she'd like make leaps and bounds and da, 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 da. So, um, so anyway, there was that. And then the other finish line I feel like I reached is um, John got his booster shot last night. And so all five of us are now boosted. And my gosh, that it really felt like a relay race. And I just feel like, okay, I got the whole team together and we crossed the finish line <laughs> together. We got a good picture. 
Um, all right, all right. Let's go get a beer. Let's go get a collective beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, John and I had to go across state lines because it's easier to get an appointment up in Washington State. Um, oh, that sounds very um, like stealth. I could yeah. go across state lines. Oh, I mean, people said that I on Twitter. I said you know that I felt like uh, Charlie Bucket and I'd found the golden ticket in Willy Wonka, and uh, <laughs> you know to get him an appointment. Oh, because we were going to do it. Be- um, down in Eugene, Oregon, before we see, we're going to go see Waitress again, the Broadway mu- touring Broadway musical. And so I had found it was easier to make an appointment down there. And he was so ticked at me that I was making him get a vaccine before we went and saw a Broadway show on, on you know, uh, yeah. the theater down there. And, um, oh, I mean, you know, Phoebe and her boyfriend had to wait in line at this place that doesn't accept appointments but it's kind of the place a lot of people go because if you just commit to waiting in line you can get it after an hour or two you know Daphne got hers when she was at another doctor's appointment like I just was I mean I just felt like I was in this house with a lot of doors and I had to figure out which was the right door to get everybody through yeah yeah well and and once again Ben will bring up the rear because he they well, they just because he's 15 still so oh yeah mm-hmm. just got approved so I haven't even looked I I just can't even <laughs> right now <laughs> well I will I will do that but that's so funny you brought up waitress and you know what we're supposed to be talking about our exercise routine so um so yeah um we're, we're uh, that's breaking, what we're breaking our own rules we're right? breaking our own rules hey it's it's a fresh year we can we can start fresh um <laughs> We're going to go see Waitress tonight, actually, on your oh! recommendation. Yeah, in Fort Collins, which is, um, you know, about an hour, a little over an hour north of here. So, Oh, that's so exciting that you have that tonight. It is so good, Dimity. It is oh, I can't so wait. good. So you have not seen any production of it? Um, no, I just know the flour, sugar, yeah. eggs, butter, milk, whatever the song is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, sugar. Uh, and uh, so last night I was driving John back from school or whatever, and we were talking about it. And I said, oh, put on the soundtrack, put on the soundtrack. And so we both started singing along, and he just suddenly stopped, and he goes, Mom, it's such a good show. Oh, I can't wait. It's good. I mean, that's. Uh, I don't know it. I'm, first of all, I'm just glad that it's going, right? Yes, um, yes. Because uh, the Lion King came here to Denver over, like, you know, around Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. And, like, my mom uh, went to see it with my little cousins, um, mm-hmm. and they were the last show that got to see it, it shut down oh, after my goodness. that because wow. of the COVID with the cast, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I'm very grateful to be able to go see it. And it's kind of our last um, – Amelia leaves back to college tomorrow morning. So, um, oh, so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Grant is not one. He does like musicals, but it's not his preferred time uh-huh. of enter- entertainment. So I just got the tickets for the three of us, not knowing that uh-huh. she was leaving Saturday morning when I bought them. Oh, uh-huh. anyway, so it's kind of a little, little. Uh, we're seventy-five percent family, but one hundred percent excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going down. Um, so Eugene is two hours south of Portland, and um, it's where the University of Oregon is, and you know, Tracktown USA, and that whole thing. And so. Jack, Jack actually likes musicals a lot, but it's just, this is kind of the thing that now I do with the twins, but we are taking their best friend who loves musical theater and she does that musical theater um, class that the kids um, did throughout the pandemic and now still starting up again in February. So we're going down. I'm really excited because I got, we got a box. Oh, that's, that sounds so 
Oh, I know. I you feel know. like I'm. A, I feel like I'm a character from an Edith Wharton novel. I, I know. I was about to say, long, are you going to bring your? <laughs> you bring your fan and your spectacles oh, and... and my opera glasses. Yeah, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we both have the same idea in our head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, you can be Winona Ryder. And um, so yeah, because I was like, okay, you know, so the twins and I just saw it waitress in September. I was like, okay, how how can we make it different? Obviously, it's a different cast, but a literal different perspective. So to be able to looking down oh, on sure. it. Yeah. And so, but then when John and I were talking in the car yesterday, he said, mom, I'm so glad we have a box. And I was like, really, how come, you know, I'm excited too. And he was, and the friend's name is Jaden. He goes, Oh, well then Jaden and I can talk a little bit more. And he goes, and then that way I can cry. I can really cry. I mean, because, you know, I had to hold it together somewhat before and now we'll be in private. So I can just cry. <laughs> Wow. I'm glad. Again, we got we've got some very enlightened teenagers in your house, Sarah. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe a whole box of uh tissues are in order. So yeah, okay. I'll bring some tissues in. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have it queued up on Spotify for the drive home or something. Yeah, like you should exactly. you should download the the uh playlist or whatever. It's oh Oh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay, so we will not talk about the rainy runs that I have been doing because there's been a lot of them. And I just have to say, people, you can get out and do it. I have um like before I kind of would always think, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with running in the rain, but when it drops below about 45 degrees i was i was like oh that really is not fun. And I've gone out there in 36 degrees and rainy and just want to remind people it never is as wet outside once you get out in it as it seems when you're inside your dry warm well-lit house exactly yeah exactly yeah and, and, we've, and we've turned the corner days are getting longer oh i know coming up oh, sooner oh, i know although my gosh here in portland the sunrise still isn't until 7 50 that is 10 minutes to 8 a.m and wow. I mean, you know, so I'll start running at six, six fifteen, and I'm finishing up seven fifteen, seven twenty-five. It's still dark at that time of morning. Wow! You no, know, I is... still have my Knox gear flashing. I finally turned off my knuckle lights just because I can s- sort of see, but um, yeah. it's still dark. Wow, it's still dark. Yeah. Our sunrise. I just looked it up at seven twenty, so we're about half oh. an hour ahead of you. Oh yeah, but hey, my uh, Daphne bush out in our side garden, it has buds on it. So um, well, there you go. Yeah, you know, so there, there is, there is hope on the horizon. All right, I think we should get to some questions. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we all right. every... we're not just here to talk. We're not just here to talk, Timothy. Um, all right. Well, speaking of weather, this is Carly, who's wondering if she should train in winter weather. Hi, Sarah. This is Carly. I'm calling from Southwestern Michigan, and my question is that we just got our first real snowfall. It is 22 degrees here today with a feels like temperature of 10. I have experience running in the cold. But I'm wondering if it's a good idea to start a new race training plan. Um, I'd like to run my first half marathon in 2022, but I don't have a specific timeline. And I'm just wondering if it would be easier and actually safer if I wait until some of the snowfall is cleared up. Because I just went for my first run of the training plan, and it was very icy out. I do have yak tracks. Um, but I'm just worried I'm going to slip and fall and get injured. Um, so just wonder your thoughts on that. I'm kind of wondering if I should just focus on cross training and strength training through the really icy bits of winter we have coming up, or if, you know, I should just tough it out and keep going. (laughs) 
So any advice you have, I'd greatly appreciate it. I've been listening for about a year. That's when I got started running, and I just appreciate these answer podcasts so much. So even if I don't make it on the podcast, if I can get any kind of answer or tip, or maybe there's another podcast episode I should listen to, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. You're the best. Carly, thanks for the podcast love. That always makes my day to hear um, people when they end their messages or start them with how much they like the show. And I have to say, listening to your message, which I should say, I'm the only one who hears them. I just relay what they say to Dimity in text, you know, in a typed language. But um, listening to your message, Carly, I can so hear how much hesitation and concern is in your voice. So from an emotional standpoint, my gut says switch to a half marathon later in the year so you don't feel obligated to check off workouts on a training plan. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. We talk. We talk a lot about training through the winter. It's hard. It's hard um, for what we just talked about: the precipitation, the colder, um, wetter, um, darker days. It's just hard. <laughs> and so, if that's a real concern, and it is, I mean, I think, I think, you know, raise your hand right now if you've bit it while running. I mean, I can mm-hmm. throw my hand up probably twenty oh, times. Boy. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and I've broken my wrist on ice. I mean, it's definitely not something to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so definitely, we hear your concern and um honestly like what's hard also about training through the winter is then you're racing in the spring and as we know from watching the boston marathon or pretty much any other race it could be you know like the year that des won you know uh 45 and raining or it can be you know 90 and humid so you're also coming into like this weird setting yourself up for some weird weather on race day um or less i should say less consistent weather on race day so you know that's a good, I didn't even consider that, that you can be training through weather that is not acclimating you to race day weather at all. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That is a really, really good concern. I mean, like, I don't, I was going to say, let's hope that maybe an April race in Michigan, but Hey, these days you just never know. You don't so, know. I mean, yeah. as, as a person who has run the Boston marathon when it's in the nineties. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that said though, on the days, that the roads are cleared and it's not too wet, cold, dark, check whichever box you want. You know, um, Carly, I suggest you get outside if only to prove to yourself that mother nature then didn't beat you into submission because I think saying, Oh, you know, kind of tossing in the proverbial towel on a race that you've, she, she had already started to train for just, I don't want her to feel defeated. Yeah. Yeah. And you should keep a, a base. I mean, there isn't any kind of like, Oh, you've got to run at least 10 miles a week or anything like that, but I would try to run, excuse me, Um, at least two to three times a week if you can, again, if the weather allows you. And not, you know, going out for super long runs, but just two to three miles, three to four miles, you know, just keeping your your legs underneath you. Um, But you can definitely do some great strength training um, in the wintertime. We love the strength training. Um, We love cross training, you know, um, you know, just keeping yourself active. I mean, the biggest thing that's hard, I think sometimes in getting to a training plan is if you're coming from... I know nobody does nothing, right? We are all very busy people, but mm-hmm. um, but not having like regular sweat sessions and not having that time set aside for exercise, um, mm. that can be a real like mental hurdle getting into, oh my gosh, I've got to train five to six days a week. So, you know, just staying active um, with a variety of stuff that, that you like and brings you joy, I think is great. Yeah, yeah. Because I do have to say, isn't it funny how much extra time you do seem to have when you don't work out? Like Friday's my rest day and we're recording this on Friday. And 
you know, gosh, I went to Trader Joe's today and, you know, got all the couple things cleaned out. And I'm like, wow, gosh, I'm so productive on the days I don't work out. I don't, (laughs) I don't want it to be every day, but it is kind of amazing what you can do with that extra time. So, um, all right. Well, this question is Katie with an intriguing question about Hills. Hi, my name is Katie. I'm calling from Duluth, Minnesota, and I'm calling about Hills. Um, from where I live, my training runs always involve hills. And so when I'm following a training plan, I tend to just ignore it when a workout calls for hills and just get the miles in. But as I'm starting to think about my spring training and working towards a faster half marathon time, I'm wondering if I should rethink the strategy. What does it look like to incorporate hills into an already hilly training week? Thanks. Okay, another Midwesterner from Duluth, even further north probably than Carla. But um, I, like I said, I found this to be an intriguing question and one that I had no clue as to what the answer should be. So uh, take it away, Coach Dimity. Uh, well, first of all, hills in Duluth. I mean, that's that's going to be ski- skating down them, right? Uh, if you're doing <laughs> hill repeats uh, this time of year. But yeah, I mean, I think so. So there's two things about hills, running hills. Like if you just go do it on an easy run, obviously that increases your effort. But there's a lot to be said for running hills, quote unquote, easy, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. by like uh, it helps you just put yourself into the right perfect form. It builds mm-hmm. strength. Um, coming down is always fun, you know, running down the hills. Um I think there's a real difference, though, between running a hilly route and doing hill repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would mm-hmm. say probably I would keep those hill repeats in because, again, there's no – as far as um, injury goes or anything like that, I, you're actually setting yourself up well when you run uphill. So um, hill repeats, you know, for people who don't know what they are, it could either be run for 60 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. I mean, I, I remember, gosh <laughs> – a long time ago, I had them up to like three or four minutes. And I just remember I had a coach at the time. I was like, are you effing kidding me? Like, I just was just so bitter when I got to the bottom of the hill before the first one, you know, four t- four minutes is a long time to climb a hill. But anyway, long story short, um, you climb with intensity. You you pump up the, the gas a little bit in your mm-hmm. intensity, in your um, in your focus, in your effort. And, um, and then you really recover on the way down. So that taps a different energy system than just every day going on a hilly route. So mm-hmm. if if you can stomach it, if you're like, oh, you know, I standing at the bottom of a hill that I have to climb every day, but thinking of it as a different different kind of workout, I would say um, keep those hill repeats in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it d- definitely you, I find that I get a certain mindset when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do these hills. You know, I get a, a set in mind or whatever. And then you know, when I get there, I'm like, I put on my game face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little like going, going to a track, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it builds a different kind of mental toughness and builds a different kind of mentality. And honestly, it kind of makes the workout go faster, right? Because again, if you like break it into two minute pieces or whatever it happens to be, you're just kind of focused on that one right in front of mm-hmm. you instead of being like, okay, now I've got 20 more minutes and then I'm going to turn around and then I'm going to go home for mm-hmm. 25, you know? So mm-hmm. I, there's, I, I would say, you know, if you can stomach it, do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, for people who maybe don't live in a hilly place and are thinking, well, maybe I'll just scratch hills altogether. Um, learn from my mistake, uh, <laughs> which which I did when we were training for the 2007 Nike Women's Marathon, the race we talk about on and off throughout AMR's existence. That, that, that was the ankle biter stage back <laughs> yeah. to the intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and, you know, I had numbers um, that my coach wanted me to hit because I had a very specific time goal. 
And uh, in a lot of workouts, I found that, oh, if I ran any hills, I wouldn't be able to hit those numbers. So I just cheated and just stayed on flats and was able to hit those numbers. <laughs> but then when you go to San Francisco to do a race, uh, guess what you encounter there? Uh, hills. Um, so, you know, they really beat me into submission on race day. So, um, yeah. you know, it is a massive mistake to uh, avoid hills completely when you're training. If, if you have them as an option, yeah. And if you don't, putting them in somehow, right, with stadium stairs or a parking garage or, a, you mm-hmm. know, a shorter bridge, I think mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's it's hard because everyone has a different um, challenge as far as vertical feet go, right? So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely think it's, um, it's smart to incorporate them. And the, I mean, the worst thing is it's always nice to when you come to race day, feel like you are really, really prepared, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, if you have a, a hilly course in front of you, if you're if you're racing, you're like, okay, well, I've got this because I've done this X amount of times, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or if it happens to be, you know, you live in Colorado and you go run the Chicago Marathon, like <laughs> that also feels like, okay, yeah. I really got this, you know, because um, it, it, it's a different kind of challenge, mm-hmm. but, you know, the the intensity won't be as much. So and yeah. there's... Yeah. You got to, you got to go. You got to hit the hills. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can have good times on a literal good times. If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you're interested in on a hilly course, I'm thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about Zuma, um, when it used to be out in a different part of Texas hill country than it is now. And, um, you know, when we launched the book, I set, or I think I kind of tied my half marathon PR at that race. And that is, there were some big hills there. So hell yeah. Yeah. Just gotta go hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I live in Oregon and I hug trees. But people, come on, it's 2022. We need to stop wasting water and throwing out so much plastic and get Blue Land's revolutionary refill cleaning system instead. We love Blue Land products and we have a great offer for you. Try Blue Land to get 20% off your first order at blueland.com slash AMR. You'll love it and the planet will thank you. Blue Land's idea is simple and beautiful. Buy the bottle once, refill it forever. No more plastic waste. The only thing you need to discard is your outdated idea that eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective. Blue Land's stunning, high-quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused, like the name says, forever, with money-saving refill tablets that start at just $2. From their best-selling Clean Essentials kit to their hand soap duo and plastic-free laundry and dishwasher tablets, Blue Land has something for every inch of your home. I was thrilled to get turned on to Blue Land and start using the products. My inner mad scientist had fun filling the beautiful bottles with warm water, dropping in one of the hand soap or spray cleanser tablets, and watching them morph within minutes into powerful cleaning agents that smell incredible. My favorite is the luxuriously sweet Iris Agave. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash AMR. That's 20% off your first order of any Blue Land products at blueland.com slash AMR. B-L-U-E-L-A-N-D dot com slash AMR. I know you're planning to cover a lot of ground in 2022. Start the year off with a new pair of shoes that will last the whole journey. Rothy shoes are incredibly comfortable and machine washable, so your fresh start stays fresh all year long. You'll start by falling in love with how cute Rothy's are. I'm almost literally drooling over here checking out all the new styles, like the Merino Tassel Loafer and several styles in limited edition color blocking. Then, once you put on a pair of Rothy's, you're amazed at the straight out of the box comfort. I have a pair of the Driver, a sophisticated yet casual slip-on loafer, and it's like wearing the most comfortable pair of slippers. The uppers, made from a signature thread spun from recycled water bottles, 
don't pinch, bind, or rub anywhere. I own a pair of navy sapphire, and I'm thinking a pair of limited edition red clementine might have to be in my very near future. Take your pick from insanely comfortable and cute flats, sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. Hit the new year in stride with a fresh pair of Rothy's. New customers get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com AMR. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com AMR. All right. Well, switching gears a little, um, hopping in the pool. Uh, Amy, I think it was a little hard to hear whether that's indeed her name. Uh, she's curious about joining a master's swim team. Hi, this is Amy from Lakeville, Minnesota. I'm interested in trying out master swimming, but at the same time, I'm feeling a bit terrified about the prospect of trying out master swimming. I think I have an image in my head of a super competitive environment that's filled with former high school and college swimmers, and I am definitely not in that category. I'm a decent swimmer who's just looking for structured workouts and some accountability as a way to improve my skills and swimming endurance uh, this winter. So my question is, how do you find a master swimming club that's welcoming and not intimidating for someone like me? I also noticed that uh, some of the clubs that I'm researching are associated with USA Master Swimming and some are not. So I was wondering what it means to be associated or not with USA Masters and whether that matters. Thank you so much. I love your show. Bye. So, Dim, I thought this was a good one for us to address because you, if I'm correct, you recently resumed training with the master swim team or some type of organized swim team. I know you've done one in the past. And then I was on one way back in my 20s. Um, so I figure both of us can speak to our experiences. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I am on one right now. And and being on one here again, I've got lots of air quotes going on in this uh, this episode because um, that means that I'm going like every Saturday, um, but I'm like, I'm not going tomorrow. <laughs> so like, going every Saturday-ish. Um, so uh, there's definitely different kinds. I mean, I, so I've been on a master's team way back in Santa Fe when we lived there. Oh, um, uh-huh. I was on one in Colorado Springs when we lived there. And then I've been on two here in Denver. One was the Aquaholics, um, which goes out of the <laughs> University of Denver. And then the uh-huh. one that I'm on now, which is um, basically like Silver Sneakers Masters is what I like to call it in my head. Um, <laughs> I don't think- hope you don't say that to the people on the team. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I'm very much a part of it. Um, but uh, the, they definitely all have different um, tenors and kind of um, people that come. The good news, no matter what, is that... A pool has, you know, six lanes, eight lanes, depending upon the length of the pool and the width of the pool. Mm-hmm. And um, there is usually a spot for everybody. And I say yes. that with 100% confidence. So, you know, it sounds like Amy is a, you know, she's a decent swimmer and um, she wants some workouts and accountability. Mm-hmm. You can't lose. I mean, you can't lose just going and giving it a go. Yeah. Yeah. You saying that there's, you know, lanes enough for everyone. That is so true because when I joined that master's team, that was right after I taught myself how to swim with my face in the water. Yes. I was 23, maybe 24. And I had always, um, swam with my face out of the water and so read a book and taught myself how to put my face in the water. And so just really fell in love with it and joined, kind of the most high-end hardcore master's team in San Francisco in kind of, um, yeah, I would say in San Francisco, not in the Bay area. Um, it was at uh, university of San Francisco at a beautiful, beautiful, um, Olympic sized pool. And that's why I wanted to do it. It was super close to the apartment I lived in and great facility. 
And my gosh, I mean, there were, because of where it was located, there were ex-Stanford swimmers, there were ex-Cal Berkeley swimmers. I mean, there were people who were almost Olympic caliber and they were at the other end of the pool, you know, the other half of the pool. And there I was with, I remember I was good buds with this guy, Vic, who had a massive scar down the middle of his chest because Vic was in his seventies and he'd had triple bypass surgery. So you know, and, and he could sometimes, you know, would go ahead of me because he was a faster swimmer. So and I so, uh, was my own boss. I was a freelancer. And so I'd sometimes go out to dinner with my little silver haired friends, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I just loved it. And I learned so much about different strokes, about how to, how to make swimming a, a workout instead of just kind of paddling back and forth, back and forth you know, and, um, it was part of the team. This is another thing that I thought was a difference. Some teams require participants to, um, take part in races and other ones don't. Um, and so we had to, if you join this team, you had to participate and, you know, I mean, my times never helped us win anything, but I did it. Oh, wow. Good for you. I love it. I haven't done it. I haven't done an adult swim meet. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that, that there are some that with, with requirements that you have to compete and others that don't. I've never, mm-hmm. like I said, I've never competed. But um, going back to, you know, seeing this, you know, collegiate swimmer, Stanford swimmer on one end and Sarah and Vic hanging out on the other <laughs> in the pool is, um, you know, they will often, I have, you know, so if the coach is on deck uh-huh. um, or even I've swum with people that um, I've been in Santa Fe and here too, sometimes the coaches swim with us, but oh, she'll, um, they break up the workout, right? Or they adjust the workout, right? So, you know, the Stanford swimmers are going to maybe do eight 100s off of 110, you yeah. know, or something like that. And Sarah and Vic might do five off of two minutes, right? Yep. So yep. it's like, it's mm-hmm. very, you know, so it's 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 adjusted for you, um, mm-hmm. depending upon what the what that situation is, but just also know that you're not, you're not necessarily required to compete all the yardage or meters that yeah. the fastest people do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I mean... Oh, it was so much fun. And, and also, you know, Tim, I'm not a thrill seeker, as I was reminded when I went ziplining in Costa Rica um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> more parasailing. And, um, but, you know, it was enough, it was enough of a challenge that I would um, get nervous before I went for the first couple months, you know, um, it just, it pushed me out of my athletic comfort zone Yeah, in a way that um, really appealed to me and scared me a little. Um, you know, I mean, oh my gosh. So I told you when I had to, um, you know, compete that, so, uh, the coach had trouble filling up people doing the, is it the 1600? Is that the, the, that's 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 a mile. Yeah. 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 So she had me do it because. Oh my God, Sarah. Wow. (laughs) That is, I love it. Team player, Sarah coming in. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So, and then as for whether, um, uh, Amy asks, is, is it important whether a team is associated with U.S. Masters Swimming, also known as USMS? Um, so that USMS is the membership national governing body for master swimmer. Yes, swimming. Yes, I pulled that off of their website. Um, and it's only important if you plan to compete in USMS sanctioned events. So if so, then you need to be a member. And I would assume you could be a member regardless of whether your team was a member. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm actually a member right now because I had to oh. join it to um, be out at the pool, or not, not at the pool. I had to do my open water swims. Um, oh yeah. So the the team that 
you know, I, there's a lot of different ways you can. They have a nice magazine. I get it. I like to oh, read yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Although it's hard to uh, shoot swimming to make it look exciting. Like everyone's just like, you know, you just basically see their torso reading. <laughs> that, but... that reminds me how much of my dad loved Fitness Swimmer magazine, which was yeah. a Rodale publication. And my friend Mary was the editor in chief. Oh my gosh. And she brought him a t shirt once. He loved it. And every time Mary would come out to Connecticut, to eat dinner at my parents' house. She lived in New York City. He'd wear the t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's awesome. I mean, but Amy, yeah, we're giving you a hearty endorsement to give it a go. And, yeah. you know, and, 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 and if you need to talk to the coach or email the coach before, just give them the lay of the land of where you feel like, you know, you are and what you're looking for. And they'll, you know, tell you probably come on in, you know, yeah. um, give it a workout or two. And if that's not the right one, you could also try a different master's team. Right. Um, I will say that there's something, you know, Sarah is talking about the anticipation of it, which is great. It's also really great just to get in the water and just someone say, okay, this is your workout. This yeah. is your oh, workout. Yeah. And it's, it's, you're not, you don't have to make it up on the fly. You mm-hmm. don't have to wonder if you're going hard enough. It's like a good mm-hmm. mix of hard and easy and drills and using, mm-hmm. you know, pull mm-hmm. buoys and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's one less thing to think about. And, and again, that that group momentum cannot be undervalued, you know, like there are date like on Saturdays, we usually swim a really long way. And I would never, ever go do that on my own. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I've got, you know, people around me in the same lane doing the same thing, I'm like, okay, I, got, I have another four 200s in me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's go, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and hearing you talk about all those, why a master swim team is a great motivator. I think the same applies to if someone's contemplating uh, joining like a track running club or some sort even of running club, running, any kind of running yeah. group. Yeah. yeah it you just, to... just show up and, um, okay, we're doing 10 miles. Well, we did eight last week. I got 10 in me. Yeah. Let's do this. And the camaraderie, the expectation of people seeing you, the, you know, the, the meals afterwards, the hanging out afterwards, oh, yeah. you know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, give us a, give it a go. Let us know how it goes. Amy, we want to, we want to report. Yes. Yes. Um, and we want to hear from you guys. We would love some more questions. Please call us at 470-BADASS1, which is 470-223-2771. Um, leave your first name and where you're calling from, trying to keep your message to about 60 seconds or less. The number doesn't ring anywhere. So feel free to call anytime, day or night, if you're up in the middle of the night, if you're, you know, feeding a kid or perimenopausal or anything. You know, come on, just just give us a call. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and please tell your friends and family about this show, as well as the regular Another Mother Runner podcast and Dimity Show AMR Trains. We're aiming to gain new followers in the new year, and we'd love your help in reaching a wider audience. Thank you in advance for doing that. Yes, and keep those questions coming because we are here with answers. And what else, Sarah? What else are we here with? <laughs> um, rain and rain, rain, yeah. <laughs> 